0: Well, we're in part two of our series, Rhythm. Rhythm. It's all about finding our rhythm in a world that has lost rhythm, right? These last two years, things have been all over the place, getting back into rhythm, rhythm of church, rhythm of work, rhythm of shopping. I'm still forgetting my mask, running into the store. I'm running back. Anybody else still forgetting? I'm still out of rhythm, and this whole series, I thank, thank you for those putting their hand up, making me feel I'm not the only one. Thank you so much. But I still feel that, 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 that we need to get back into the rhythm of God. And this is what the series is about. It's about how do we navigate the vision that God has given our church. Real love serves and getting into... And, and at the end of the day, it's about getting into rhythm with God. right? And that's what we all want. And that's all we want to be. But here's the thing. What's really interesting is, did you know that this generation is the most connected generation than ever before? We know exactly what's going on in the Ukraine every minute of the hour. We are so connected than ever before, but at the same time, this generation is the most less connected, most disconnected generation of all time. Did you know that? We're the most connected and the most disconnected than ever before. We have created this illusion of con- connectivity because of our smartphones and social media that really isn't that social, right? Think what's, what's social? Social is going to have a good time and socialize with people. Social media really isn't that social, if you think about it. It's all about putting on masks and like look at how great I am. Hey, this is okay, because hey, that's, that's fine. We do things like that. But we look like we're connecting, but we really aren't. In fact, God has a better way of doing it. It's called relationships, physical, real relationships. Here's the thing, we, we all have a public side. I have a public side. As a public, the public side is what I allow everyone to see of me, right? This is who I am, and this is what you know about me, and this is what I know about me. But then there's another part of me that you don't know about, it's, it's our mask. We all have masks, and masks is what we hide behind, right? It's where we are safe, and, and that's what the, our masks are, and, and they're there to protect us. We hide, and we hide behind them because there's, there, there's things that I show you, which is my public side, and there's things that I don't show you, and I won't show you, right? And, and behind the mask, these are the areas where I'm discouraged. Behind my mask, these are the areas where I'm discouraged. It's, 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 um, and Behind the mask are places where we're messing up, It's the places where we feel insignificant, the places where we feel concerned, right? It's the places where we're praying about, right? There's places where there's things in my life that that you don't know about it, and that's okay. It's okay for you to to, to know. I know about it, but you don't know about it, and I'm not going to tell you anyway what's going on. But I'm not in a good place if I'm the only one who knows what's happening behind the mask. We need people where we can learn to take down our masks. So who are those people? Who are those people that we can, we, we can allow into our life, where we can lay down our lives? as the people that we love and that we trust, where we can learn to take off the mask and, and let our life be seen, right? But there's also another, another part of my life where, where I don't see it, but you see it. It's called our blind spots. Right, we all have blind spots, and they're the place. There's there's things that I do that I don't know that I'm doing. These actions that I'm doing, and and, but who are those people that you have in your life that can speak into your life, the way you can let down the mask, who can speak into those blind spots? Because if we don't have those people, we'll continue to struggle with whatever we're going through. Because when we when we begin to get into a real relationship with people, when we learn to take down the mask and trust people with our blind spots, that's when. We begin to find freedom. We're looking for a title for this message this morning. It is find freedom. Find freedom. The book of Hebrews talks about the importance of relationships in our lives. If you got to Bibles, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 to 25. I'm going to be reading from the NTE translation. That's the New Testament for everyone translation. Verse 19 says this. So then, my brothers and sisters, we have boldness to go into the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus. He has inaugurated a brand new living path through the curtain. That is his earthly body. We have a high priest who is over God's house. See, our boldness of access into God's presence is only through Jesus. And that's amazing. Think about it. That you have access to the God who created all things. We can boldly go before God, the creator of the universe. And it's a beautiful thing. We are invited into an intimate relationship to know God. You are invited to know, and this not just to know about it, but into an intimate relationship to know God. But the enemy of God wants to stop your intimacy. The enemy of God wants to stop your relationships in your life. Verse 22. So let us therefore come to worship with a true heart and complete assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 22 tells us four things about the conditions that we will be in as a result of knowing God. And these are the four things. The four things that... what we will be in when we get to know God. And the first thing is that we should have a true heart. A true heart. And this looks back to the prophet Jeremiah who, who prophesied that God will place His laws in our heart and in our mind. Something happens to people when we step into an intimate relationship with Jesus. We become the human beings that God had created us to be. And it starts from the inside out. It starts from the heart, and it works its way to every part of our lives, into our our personality, into our thinking, into our behaviors. And we begin to serve the people around us, not for our gain, but to be a blessing. And this is what happens when when we begin to know God and get into the trueness of who He is. And it begins with the heart. And the second thing is, we must have a complete assurance of faith. Faith isn't something that you can just drum up all on your own, right? Faith. You, did you know that, that faith doesn't come from you? Faith doesn't come from me. It all comes from God. You know, I used to believe that, that um, I was born with faith. I always believed, and, um, and then somewhere down the line, I got invited to, to come along to church, and then I gave my heart to Jesus. But I kind of already knew. I always had this faith. I believed that I, I, was, I was born with it. But the more that I examine my life, the, the, I realize, because what the Apostle Paul says in Romans is this. It says, faith comes from hearing about Jesus. That's where it comes from. And so my faith started with my grandmother, right? Praying with me in the morning, reading the Bible, taking me to church. My faith started somewhere. It started small. And that's why church is important. That's why connect groups are important. The more we hear and, and learn and grow, your faith will grow. It will grow and will continue to grow. And that's why we have to have complete insurance of faith. Faith comes from hearing about Jesus. And the third applies applies to the first two points, but a bit deeper. We must have our hearts sprinkled clean from sin of evil conscience. Here's the thing. Do you have regrets? Anybody have regrets in their life? Right? Man, has, has anybody ever... Have you ever done anything that's caused great shame? And it's like, when you think about it, it takes you to a dark place, right? We've, we've all got skeletons in the closet, right? Man, don't look in my closet. Man, all these skeletons are going to fall out. <laughs> you know, it's, oh my goodness. We all have this, and, and it's there, and, and, we, and it's through our brokenness. And if, if you could go back and change it, you would. You would. But here's the good news. You can't go back, but someone can. Jesus, he is the only one that can go back to those places of shame and regret and wipe the slate clean. That the sacrifice of Jesus and the sprinkled blood which resulted from it has the power as we accept in faith and trust to wash every stain from our conscience. Can I get an amen here? And that's the power of Jesus. And that's the power of knowing him. And that's the power of intimate relationship with Jesus. That he will wipe the slate clean. And the power of Jesus is what he does. So when we come before God, we can come without any shadow falling across our relationship. And the fourth thing, the fourth thing that it speaks of, which is quite interesting when we read this, the fourth, the writer speaks of our bodies being washed with pure water. This is reference to baptism. To baptism, We've got baptism. This is Baptism Sunday. And after, the, after this in the second series, we've got people going through the waters. And this is what it talks about. Baptism has nothing to do with salvation. Did you know that? Baptism has nothing to do with salvation. It's our faith in Jesus. What Jesus has done on the cross. That is what, that, that has everything to do with salvation. But what was baptism? It's about being obedient to the commands of Jesus, right? Go, go, uh, therefore go through and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Just being obedient. It's our public declaration. When someone goes through the waters, it's that I'm, I'm, it's, I'm making a declaration that I mean business for Jesus. I'm gonna, and I'm gonna be standing, we've got some people coming on a stage and they're making a statement. And this is what it is being welcomed into this community. You know what? I once was lost, but now I'm found. You know, I used to be washed with all these other things, but you know, I'm making a statement here that that through the baptism, through through Jesus, and through the baptism, I'm making a public statement, not just to everybody who's there watching, but to every spiritual, every demon that's out there, that I'm in business with Jesus Christ. And he has washed me clean. And that's what baptism is all about. It means that I'm in business with Jesus, and that's the fourth thing. Right, it's that i But got a true heart. And as my faith will grow, we'll get complete assurance. And that Jesus will, 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 will wash the slate clean. And, and I'm, making, I'm making a public statement that I'm all in for Jesus. He was all in for me. I'm all in for him. Verse 21. Let us hold on tightly to our confession of hope without diverting. Has anybody ever diverted in, their, in your walk with Jesus? I have. You know what I love about Jesus? When you follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives within you. He's like your GPS, right? God's powerful spirit living inside of you. Because here's the thing. Have you ever put your GPS and you've taken the wrong turn or or, or or you haven't actually followed GPS? What does the GPS do? Redirects. Redirects. No matter how many... How many places you go, God will always speak to redirect you. You're never lost. He continues to speak. Get back to the verse. Where am I? Here we go. So let us hold tightly to our confession of hope without being diverted. The one who announced the message to us is trustworthy. Let us as well stir up one another's mind to energetic effort and love and good works. See, we cannot be a follower of God in isolation. You cannot be a Christian in isolation. You cannot say you follow Jesus in isolation. It's about being intimate with people. It's about building relationships. Don't get me wrong. Please don't get me wrong. Private worship and prayer is enormously important. It is enormously important. But so is community as well. Community. That's why it's the second part of our vision. Love community, real love service. Love community. The danger of people thinking they could be Christians all by themselves was present in the early church, just as it is today. And verse 25 warns against it. This is verse 25. We mustn't do what some people have got into the habit of doing. Neglecting to meet together. Instead, we must encourage one another, and all the more as you can see the great day coming closer. Why is this very important? Why is it important for us to continue to meet together? Because every Christian needs the encouragement of every other Christian. You need encouragement. I need encouragement. We all need encouragement. James, the brother of Jesus, he he puts it like this. In James 5:16, "Therefore, confess your sins not to God. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. Why? So that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. See, we confess our sins to God to be forgiven to be forgiven, but we confess our sins to each other to be healed, to be healed. That's why we keep struggling. Maybe you're in this room, you're struggling because you've been praying to God, you've been confessing to God and you're still struggling because God designed you to be in community. Not to do this on our own. You can try to do it on, I've tried to do it on my own but it didn't work. Why? Because we're better Together. God designed us to be in community, to be in relationships, because we're better together. When we learn to be vulnerable with each other, sharing our struggles, encouraging one another. Come on, helping each other. Praying for each other. That's when we begin to find freedom. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be Be healed. So what we're trying to do here at Elam is we're trying to build a church that is relationally connecting. That's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to build a church that is relationally connecting. We don't want you just to come to church and just get fired up on a Sunday. Right? I think that's important. But I personally believe that there's no church service in the world that can change your life. I believe church services can be a catalyst for you to want to change. But it will only be as good as what you do with it when you leave church. What we need to do is take this catalyst for change from a Sunday, and we need to get into some relational environment so that we can begin to work it out. This is what I've been thinking about. This, this is these are the areas I've been struggling with. And, and Pastor on Sunday, he said this, and it really hit. And this, these are the areas. We need to get into a relational environment and work it out. We're better together. We need to have relational accountability to work out that thing. That's when we begin to find freedom. Because trying to do it on my own just doesn't work. We're better together. That's why we have Connect Groups, where we can meet with people to learn to take off the mask It's time to get real. Come on, I'm tired of being fake. I'm tired of just wearing this mask all the time. It's exhausting. It's exhausting wearing this mask all the time, trying to be something to everyone and not really being true to yourself. It's exhausting. Because it's in relationships. It's in connect groups. Is when we start to see the miracle of James 5.16 begin to happen. It's when we begin to be healed. See, I have a connect group that I meet with. They're people that I've journeyed with. They're people that I trust. That I've learned to take off the mask and I get real. They're who I go to when when I feel discouraged. Yes, that's right, I get discouraged. I am a person. In case you've forgotten, I need those kind of environments. We text each other, we encourage each other. That's what I need. That's what we all need. That's how we find freedom. In connectors, journeying with people, we're better together. See, I heard the story from Christchurch Elam, and that. From a pastor from Christchurch, Christ Elam, that one day this lady in her late 40s, she came up for prayer. She was crying. The pastor asked her, what's wrong? She said, my son has just gone into prison. I don't know what to do. I've been part of this church for 20 years, serving in this church. For 20 years, all of my friends have moved away and I have no one to support me. The tragedy of the story isn't the fact that she had no one to support her. The tragedy was that she had been going to this church for so long that she never made new friends. She never became part of a group to do life together maybe you feel that you don't need anybody I want to challenge you did you ever wonder that maybe someone needs you maybe there's somebody who is where you used to be struggling struggling in their marriage struggling in their sexuality struggling in their finances struggling in their identity and who they are Maybe there's someone who needs you. God brought you out by grace. Why? So that you can help someone else who was stuck just like you were. Come on, we're better together. We're better together. Because I'm going to declare what God has done in my life, and I'm not going to keep it to myself. You struggle to forgive? I've been there too. You struggle with depression, I've been there too. You're struggling in your marriage, I've been there too. But this is how God came through in my life. And if He can do it for me, He can do it for you. Come on. I wonder if there is someone in this church who needs you. Maybe there's some new people that God needs to bring into your life to begin to change your thinking come on it's time to get connected it's time to get unstuck it's time to find freedom that's why Jesus called you to the specific purpose to love God and to to what to love people why because we're better together come on let us pray